who lead grind hard, but most importantly, they pray. Hey, 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 welcome back. Welcome back, ladies, to this week's episode of the Women Who Leads by Faith podcast. As you ladies know, this is that place where we get to connect and understand what it means to grind. But most importantly, we never compromise our position of prayer. Understanding that it is intricate for us to operate in the marketplace full of faith, operating and dominating our space, but with most importantly, no compromising. Thank you so much, ladies, for being a part of this amazing community. You have made this such an amazing journey, a place where we get to connect and strengthen the sisterhood. And as you all know, in this season, for this portion of the podcast, God has me in a position and in a place of airing my dirty laundry. And it's just bringing truth and transparency to what we deal with in the marketplace and how God gave me so many instruments to utilize in 2019 that is helping me to have an amazing 2020. So I just want to share with you ladies tonight and just chop it up and just get to a place of truth. I have some announcements to make about some upcoming events. So please make sure you check the show notes and I will also bring this information before you so that you can stay in tune to what we have going out there in communities and abroad. But ladies, now it's time to tune into today's podcast. Hey ladies, welcome back, welcome back. As you heard in the intro, yes, I am so glad to be back in this space. We have so much to talk about this evening. As God got me in the season of airing my dirty laundry. And no, it's not those measurements that people may think when they hear the title, airing your dirty laundry of just a a bunch of craziness that's going on. But what it is, is just transparency and truth as God led me through some things in 2019. And these were definitely principles to shape growth, development, maturity, understanding, um, making me understand how to create barriers, um, excuse me, not barriers, boundaries, boundaries, because boundaries are very much important And when we really think about how impactful the word is, the word really is a boundary for us so that we don't fall prey to those things that are not of God and and fall into traps where we become prey to the enemy as he is wandering to and fro. I'm looking for a place of habitation. He's looking for a place where he can sift us. And these instructions that God gives us, those that is just what it is. It is literally boundaries that he gives us to give us the ability to know him. And as we know his voice, it leads us and it guides us into a place called truth. 
And in this year, last year, excuse me, um, there was so many pivotal moments that I couldn't do it out of the instruction of other people. It wasn't out of the instruction even of myself, shall I say. Um, but it literally was a, some trial and error. Let's just be 100% honest. I can't say that I listened at every notion from the very beginning. So there was some hit your head on the wall moments. It was, I had some little strawberries going on on the knees because I done skinned the knee um, because I just didn't listen in, intently um, to the initial unction of what God was giving me. Um, because sometimes in the process of what's called life, we have so many distractions and those distractions takes us away from hearing the clarity of the voice of God. So before I get into too much depth of today's show and give you the topic, let me just go ahead and put a couple of announcements out there. First and foremost, I'm so honored to be an honoree at the Confidently Learn to Live Black and Purple Gala in Georgia. Um, it will be in Richmond Hill, Georgia. And Lula Wilson is the CEO and founder of Confidently Learn to Live, an amazing organization that is out there and being an advocate for those women who have suffered and is suffering in a place of domestic violence. Understanding that domestic violence is number one in the state of South Carolina um, cause of death. And it is something that needs to be um, educated something that is so misunderstood because we think that abuse only comes in the way of being stricken, but there are so many forms of abuse that leads to the physical portion of abuse that when you are not educated, you fall prey to these things. And this is why Lula is on this mission. And I have supported this organization because I believe in what they're doing and how they are taking back their communities and communities abroad of this devastating state of mind that women are in when they don't understand that they can be confident and learn to live again or gain the information that they can live and teach someone else to live again. Then on, um, as we are entering into February, I am so excited to be a co-chair for Red Dress Sunday here in Charleston, South Carolina. And women, we are so sometimes out of tune as to what's going on in our lives. And we're always on a mission and doing things and we're busy bodies and we don't often take care of ourselves in the capacity that we must and I say that we must because we can't take care of anybody else if we are broke, busted, disgusted, and banana crusted. <laughs> um, as I say from a, a quote from Pastor Joshua. Um, but if we are not able to take care of ourselves, we will fall prey to this disease, which is heart disease, which is the number one cause of death among women. Yet most women don't know about this threat. They don't know about the symptoms. They don't know um, what to look for um, to prevent them from being in a place where some women stroke out and it literally snatches their lives from before them. One day they're out there just cooking and, and working in the yard and taking care of the children. And in five minutes, five seconds, one second can change and alter the, the rest of their lives and cause them to be in a state where they are incapacitated and um, relying upon people because the functionalities of their normal everyday life has been stricken. So we are out there on a mission to bring awareness to the low country and abroad about heart disease 
busy. So February, get out your red dress and we are going to be hitting the town and we're going to come into a corporate fellowship on the third Sunday in Charleston where we have not yet picked the, um, the, the place of worship, but be on the lookout, be in the know. And please visit my website, www.zurialleadership.com, where there is a listing of information or you can sign up um, to be a part of my um, website. And then therefore you will get notifications about what is going on. So please, if you want to participate, make contact with me so I can share the information. It is not a closed off um, thing where you cannot make that impact. We want as many churches that can participate to participate to make impact in your community. So please, please, please make contact with me so I can share this information with you. And on March the 27th and the 28th, I'll be a keynote speaker at the She Is 2020 Women's Conference in Georgia. So please connect, participate, come support. Let's rally together as women and understand that every day we have an opportunity to do something great and let's do it together. No competition, women lifting each other up. Understand that I'm the bomb, you the bomb. And because of that, we're explosive. So let's connect, let's join at the hip as we work hard. But we know as the quote says, we stay humble in everything that we do understanding that we have the keys to our own success. With all of that being said, ladies, let's go ahead and get into today's show as I'm excited to jump in on the topic that God gave me. And that is about learning how to hush. Yes, shh, close your mouth, lock it up, get the key, throw it away, get the the zipper emoji, zip your lips, Yes, because as women, we are such expressive creatures. I'm telling you, we got to explain everything. We got to talk about everything. We got to say what we meant. We got to say what we didn't mean and all of these other things. And it can bring upon an environment and understanding a perception that may not necessarily be the tell all of who we are and what we have been called to do. I'm learning that there is so much power in the moments of silence. And we often become so engaged in just image that we think that we have to protect the image often by the the the, the background of our voice to give it a force to push forward, to make people believe and engage in what it is that we are doing. Sometimes we think that that voice is going to bring upon more support. And oftentimes we fail to realize that if it's not in the right setting, that it can be collateral damage to what it is that we're doing. Now, don't get me wrong, ladies. I'm not telling you not to have a voice because that is just as bad. We have to balance and understand when to use the voice. And that requires self-control that requires us to be cognizant of who we are, how we're built, what are our triggers. And oftentimes we don't pay attention to that. We don't have the discernment in knowing when to be silent and when to be voiceful. And, And there is room for both of those things, but I have learned so much about the moments when you need to hush and how much power and weight that that quietness in that moment holds, not only in a professional arena, in a personal arena, and even from my spiritual DNA and how important that is because sometimes we'll even out-talk God. That's a word (laughs) all by itself. But yes, we will even out-talk God that we will talk ourselves 
off of the ledge of the things that God has declared for us to do and made it so plain. And because we won't hush, we can't hear clearly. So now we're muzzled by our own sound and our sound takes away the grace that God has given us to finish this race. So as the people would say in the old day, Shaniqua, you shall learn my dear by and by. And I will say to you that I have learned that there is essence in the authenticity of learning when to speak. And I learned that definitely by and by, and it was so appreciated that by God's design that he would give us the ability to teach us how to protect ourselves so that we don't destroy ourselves. We're often looking at the enemy and saying, the devil's trying to attack me and the devil's trying to destroy me and the devil sent this one and the devil sent that one. And we give so much credence and power to the enemy that we don't even recognize when our own voice becomes our own trip hazard, when our own voice becomes the door that stands between us and destiny, when our own voice becomes the thing that sabotages us because we don't understand how impactful it is to align ourselves to what it is that God has spoken to us and that we must know when to create the atmosphere for conversation and when to create the atmosphere where signs, wonders, and miracles can follow us. We have to be able to understand that is a gift to appreciate the, the ability to be quiet. Um, there was, uh, it takes me back to the story of, of Jesus in the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights. And this is where he prayed and he fasted and he was not having conversation. He was praying and he was yielding himself to listen to the voice of God. And it was at that moment that the enemy came to provoke him and to cause him to be riled up, understanding that he was, he was weak at that point. He had not eaten and the only thing that sustained him was his spirit, the spirit of God that was living on the inside of him. And oftentimes we are at that breaking point. We are at that place where our, our, our flesh is weak, but our spirit is willing. And it is at that moment that all kinds of things will hit us from every single side. And it's in that moment that we could have been like Christ, that we were able to speak only those things that were necessary and he didn't speak a lot of gibberish. He, he, he spoke the word back and he shut his mouth. And we got to learn how to be able to do that where we just, you know, we don't even have to respond to the devil, but we can just speak to ourselves to say, you know, God said that I'm the head and not the tail. He said that I'm above and not beneath. He said, I'm the lender and not the borrower. He said that every word that rises up against me shall be condemned. And we're able to speak those words directly to ourselves that will prevent us from having to become in a position or a place where we're in quarrel for what? We have to ask ourselves in, in, in the form of us trying to prove it, is it really bringing us any kind of value? Is it salt for the situation? And sometimes it's dirt. It trashes the situation. It does not bring it any kind of value. So we, we must begin to understand which scripture tells us and how to lead ourselves accordingly and God gave me three scriptures for tonight to bring us into. And I want us to ponder on these scriptures for just a moment before we go any further with anything else that God has given me on tonight. And 
The first scripture comes from James 1 and 19. And the word of God says, my dear brother and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Very true. There's a reason why we have two ears, one mouth. But oftentimes we're talking with two mouths and one ear. And God wants us to recognize that we should be slow to speak and quick to listen. And understanding that as you are listening, it doesn't mean you always agree with what you're hearing. You got to use it as that cliche says, eat the meat and spit out the bones. Don't allow the bones to choke you to the point where you're trying to explain what all the bones mean and what does the bones trying to say and you know you what are you trying to say and what do you mean eat the meat and spit out the bones I remember when Jesus went to the disciples and and they were out there just running their mouths and he asked them you know what do the people say about me who do they say that I am and then he responded to them well what do you who, who do you say that I am And he wasn't concerned with any of it. But just to bring reflection to them, know what you believe. Do you even know what you believe? And that's what that whole conversation was about. For the disciples, do you even know what you believe? Do you believe that I'm the Messiah? And if you don't believe in who you are, it doesn't matter what anybody says. Whether it be good, whether it be bad, whether it be indifferent, you'll fall prey to the conversation and you will destroy yourself based out of the structure of someone else's opinion. I know that I've been taught very well to position yourself the way that you want to be seen. And when you are being seen in a light that you don't desire, then that is the opportunity for you to create the change that will shade that will, will will shed away those things that shouldn't be seen and will bring light to the things that need to be seen. You don't have to go into a whole lot of conversation. You don't have to go into a whole lot of explaining. When we hear that 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 term that you know that actions speak louder than words, it's the truth. Position yourself the way that you need to be seen. And, and I was taught this very well, that when you do that, it will, it will change the trajectory of where you're going and the light that is presented, uh, you know, for you, it will speak volumes on your behalf without you even talking. The next scripture I want to talk about is Ecclesiastes chapter three, verse seven. And it says, there's a time to keep silent and a time to speak. Keep silent, hush. What I have known to be so true is that we often tear apart things before it gets started because we talk too much. We're giving so much praise to our problems and then we're thought to be in a state of a problematic person. And you're trying to explain that's not who I am and that's not what I meant, hush. Everything does not have to be out in the open. Even in some of our struggles, it was meant for us to birth a miracle. If you did not go through that tragic thing, the miracle would have never happened. Hush. 
oftentimes what we do is we give the enemy the ability to find us and to toil with us. Think about this thing. Someone is coming in to rob a bank and you're trying to, as we were told, told avoid, defend, and then uh, avoid, deny, and then defend. You're trying to avoid the situation. But if you are out there screaming and flailing and got your arms just all flailing out there and hollering and screaming, boop, you just got shot. The enemy did not have to look hard for you to find you because you are too loud. You're out there running your mouth. Shut up. Stop screaming and bringing attention to yourself. Stop being boisterous and bringing attention to yourself. God said he desired for us to live a quiet and peaceable life. He told us that in Thessalonians chapter four. Second Thessalonians is a matter of fact. The second, the, the, the next scripture is Proverbs chapter 17, 27 through 28. And it says the one who has knowledge uses words with restraint. And whoever has understanding it, understanding is even tempered. Verse 28, even tools, excuse me, even fools are thought wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongues. This scripture says a whole lot. There's a whole lot of nuggets in here. Starting from verse 28, when he says the one who has knowledge uses words with restraint. So not just using words, but there is a, a you have some self-control about yourself. You have some dignity and class about yourself. There is a temperament about who you are and what it is that you do. And then he said, even if you are a fool, you are thought to be someone that got some type of sense. Because you know when to use your mouth and when not to. You know when to hold your tongue. And we got to understand that everything does not deserve a response. These scriptures are telling us very, very clearly, guys, know when to hush. And as I begin to think... (laughs) I remember spending so much wasted time trying to prove to people who I was and what I did. And, you know, I remember being in meetings and, you know, and I understand the impact of what I do within my career and to other people it wasn't a big deal, but it really was a big deal. And to them, it did not hold any weight. And it's like, I don't think you really understand what it is that I do. And I didn't need to take all at the time. I didn't know that I didn't need to take all of that time trying to put that explanation into motion that the, the impact of what I do will begin to speak for itself. And now that I'm not in that I'm still in the position, but I've been promoted and moved on to something else, which speaks and yields fruit within itself to show that what I am doing is impactful because it was a need and a desire for me to go someplace else. And in that, I was able to use the name your price to, to God be all the glory. But even with that being said, as I go back, I hear, oh my God, you're so missed. And my gosh, we didn't know the impact. And Lord, things have fell apart. And geez, we wish that you could come back to this area and da-da-da-da-dee-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. 
And, and with that, that goes to show that if you would just operate and orchestrate in what it is that God has called you to do, that some people at the time won't believe some people won't even care, but you should be more concerned about doing the will of the father. You should be more concerned about the impact for the kingdom. You should be more concerned about your obedience, which is better than sacrifice that at the end of the day, all of those things will speak for you louder than what you can ever speak for yourself. And it spoke for me better than I ever tried to explain it better than I ever wasted the energy in a place of frustration to say, these people don't get it. Like, why don't they get it? Sometimes they're not, it's not meant for them to get it. It's for God's word to line up precept upon precept. And it is literally like the old people say, by and by. It will reveal itself by and by and know that it's okay. And I can say that with such a great relief. The burden has been lifted. It is okay. They won't get it. They won't get the business idea. They won't get and understand the next connection. They won't get and understand the cutoff. They won't get and understand why you have to do it the way that you have to do it. They won't and get and understand that when you were loud and boisterous, now that you have piped it down, and you're operating in a place where you are literally yielded to God's voice, which means that you have to hush. They won't get it. And that's okay. And then even from the spiritual aspect of it, I remember, you know, me understanding all the gifts that God gave me. And sometimes other people couldn't see it and they dummied my gifts down and I dummied them down even further. So therefore I, I went through extra measures to try to prove that is what I saw. That is what I heard. See, there is the confirmation. And, and I spent so much energy trying to get people to know that I can hear God and that I have visions and I have dreams. And what happens is, is that you begin to spookify the gifts that you have and you begin to cause people to become repelled to you. And instead of them yielding towards the gift, they run from your gifts because they're saying you're too much, you're too over the top. It's this, that, and the other, instead of allowing the gifts to flow. And when they flow, it flows to you. You are the first partaker that you have to be able to receive exactly what it is that God is giving you and the grace that he is giving you in and operating within that grace and just let God do the rest. And when I tell you the weight, my God, the weight that lifted up off of me, thank you, God. When I let go and let God and just hushed, even just had a situation last week where someone tried to question, who am I? And I had to say, how did I position myself, God? And, and I didn't respond in any kind of way to it. I just, okay, thank you. Because I understand that I didn't have to totally agree to hear. And I don't have to fight to prove who God said that I am. And then I had to go back and self-reflect and say, what do I need to do differently to produce a different result in the way that God has orchestrated for me to operate in the difference for the result. But I wasn't caught up in the words of 
of other people's opinions and thoughts and different things. And those were the things that kept me bound and kept me stagnant. And I'm going to be honest with you. It literally roared up fear in regards to me being completely free in everything that God told me to do and understanding that in this thing called destiny, that you will have trips along the way and you can't learn without the trips. Sometimes you're going to mess up. Sometimes you're not going to be accurate. You're not going to get it right. And that's why iron sharpens iron and, and it sharpens every one of God's tools in the shed. And we got to be at a place where we're willing to be sharpened, but not that we're out there in the, in, in the court of defense and we're out there as defense attorneys and we're defending everything. God don't need us to defend him. He said, I got this. He says, every tongue that rises up against me, it shall be condemned. So I'm not concerned about that because God will fix it. I just need to continue to walk faithful in what it is that he told me to do and understanding that he will make every crooked path in my life straight. He will make every crooked path in your life straight. Stop wasting time trying to convince people, convince God. And God will convince the people. We have to get to a place where we understand that eyes have not seen and ears have not heard. I have literally embraced the fact that Winning the approval of people never fills the void of God. Winning the approval of God always fills the void. Yes, it does. And I just want to say thank you, Lord. Ladies, I have not always been in this place. And I remember when I began on this journey where God birthed the ministry out of me, dare to be different. And I remember the scripture that he gave me, which was Ezra 10 and four. And it told me to rise up. The matter is in my hands. We will support you. So take courage and do it. Literally, this is almost eight years ago that God began to speak that into my life. Well, not begin, he did speak that in my life. And I know that I have to rise up, that the matter, the ball is in Shaniqua's court. The ball is in your court. If your name is Sally, Sally, the ball is in your court. If it's Mary, the ball is in your court. If it's Tanya, the ball is in your court. You put the, your name in the line and the ball is in your court. You have to rise up. The, the, the matter is in your hands and know that there is support for you. But you got to take courage and you have to be the one to say, that I'm going to move out of the silos of other people's voices and other people's opinion, opinions. And I'm going to become armored with the word of God. And that that is going to be what is going to remove the fear from what it is that I need to do. That it doesn't become, my gifts don't become a debt to me. That my gifts don't become a burden to me. That we understand that God, he makes us rich and adds no sorrow. And that if we're weighted, we know that his yoke is easy and his burden is light. So what did we pick up that is 
creating a burden upon us? What have we become obsessed with? Have we become obsessed with being perfect in people's eyes? That we have lost the, vali- the, 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 the validity of living with purpose for God. That we've lost our discernment in being effective people and understanding the keys to success for our own lives. Did we lose the, the the understanding that every single day that God gives us, there's a new grace and a new mercy that gives us the opportunity to do something great? Did we forget that life is not measured, you know, by the numbers of breath that we take, but it is literally by each step that we take every day in our life. It's by each moment that we decide to yield ourselves to what it is that he has called us to do. That it is by each second that we have decided that we will renew our minds, that we may understand what is good and what is acceptable from God. That we got to lead the front charge of everything that we are capable of doing, knowing that God will give us the grace to be able to do everything that he has established for our lives. And it is not in the will of people, but it's in the will of God. And what I love about his word, and this is where my closing comes from, and this is what freed me, and this is what helped me, and this is what gave me the ability to learn to hush. Yes, this topic is to hush. And this is where he said to me, Shaniqua, you are, your instructions is to trust God, but to love people. He said, trust me with all thine heart and lean not to your own understanding. He told me to love thy neighbor as I love myself. And when I understood that he never told me to trust people, he told me to love people. It freed me to be okay with the fact that I don't have to trust what they think. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. He said, trust him. He doesn't think like we think in our finite minds. He told me to love them as I love myself, which means that I had to understand who I am, which is not perfect. And even in every flaw that I have and everything that needs to be stretched and shaped, that I have to love the creation of the uniqueness of how he made me, that I would understand how to be salt in this earth. And in loving me, I can love other people right where they are, knowing that they too deserve grace. But when you can outline every fallacy of a person and every flaw that they have, there's a lack of love for who you are because you can clearly see what others are not doing, which deflects what you are not doing. So when I keep my eye on him, I'm able to see like him, which sees people for their heart and not for their hand. Because we seek God for his face and not for his hand. So I pray that this episode of Hush has taught you how to quiet your spirit and to know that these are the things that I want you to gain from it is you have got to have self-control. 
If you're struggling with self-control, you will spiral out of control. You will lose your temper quickly. You will find yourself fighting for things that you don't need to fight for and with. So ask yourself the question, where am I at as it relates to self-control? The other thing is you have got to love yourself. What do you love about you? What's unique about you? And then the third thing is trust God. Trust him with all your heart, all your mind, your mind, all your soul. Lean not to your own understanding. Acknowledge him in every single portion of your way. Acknowledge him when you're happy. Acknowledge him when you're sad. Acknowledge him when you're angry. Acknowledge him when you are in jubilee. Acknowledge him when things are high. Acknowledge him when things are low. Acknowledge him when you don't know the way. Acknowledge him when he has shown you the way. Acknowledge him in all of your ways and he will direct your path. So ladies, I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for spending time with me this week on the Women Who Leads by Faith podcast. Please share, share, share. Find three women that you can share this podcast with. Subscribe, subscribe. Hit me up on my Instagram at Coach Shaniqua. Follow me so that we can stay connected and grow the grow this sisterhood, grow this kingdom. Please check out the different dates that I will be out there operating for the kingdom of God and connect with me so that we can go ahead and spend that quality time together. Yes, I appreciate you once again. You have a blessed and prosperous week. And as always, I dare you to be different, to be a bridge and never, ever be a cliff. God bless you. Have a great week.